Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 76 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly, man have I had a lot of love for last week's episode with Alison Lapper. And since that recording we've sort of helped each other out in little ways and and it looks like we're going to be working together on a few projects in the future. Which I'm really looking forward to because she is damn fine company. But back to this week's episode... I'm taking you to meet Tiffany Cole, an artist from the good old US of A. And within four years, Tiffany has become pretty well known on both sides of the easel. She's a figurative artist, predominantly using the female form in monochromatic tones, using pencil and pastel. Although recently, she started using water-based oil paints to add texture and colour. During lockdown, Tiffany has kept her fellow figurative artists supplied with a muse, by modelling for them over internet conferencing apps like Zoom. This podcast was recorded using Zoom's built-in software, and the sound quality reflects that, as you can expect. So please, come with me and meet Tiffany Cole. It's out by a, a millisecond, you know. Right. Um, how long have you been in the UK? Only two years. What brought you here? Um, I was, so I was living in Los Angeles for five years and, um, I just needed to get the fuck out of there. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So what brought me here? I mean, love and art, the things that bring me everywhere. Nice. I, I tend to, um, move around every few years, fall in love, meet someone one time and then move to a new place. I've done this several times in my life and. It's brought me on many adventures, so... Good. Well, that's not bad, is it? (laughs) So, I should mention, we've already started, I should mention I'm with Tiffany Cole. Uh Uh-huh, hello. Um, As well as being an artist, you're an artist model and muse. What what came first? Definitely uh, the art, which many people don't know. I only started in fine art four years ago. Oh, wow. So oh, I'm quite, right yeah, I've done all right. I mean, something brought me into it cosmically, I feel, and it's just been a crazy ride. But definitely the art came first. Um, in the figure art world, I feel like it's a bit of a boys club. Yeah. yeah. And so being the only female, you know, it was quite easy for me to fall into the role of model just as a necessity But, um, you know, when you're first starting drawing, you're drawing photos from that you find on the internet and from magazines and, uh, eventually you kind of can't do that anymore. So 
I started using myself as a model and taking these photos of myself and, you know, uh, somehow I started sharing some of the photos and then connecting with other artists around the world and becoming models for them, which has been an incredible adventure, an incredible way to meet new artists. And just part of my purpose uh, is to help artists create what they are trying to communicate and yeah, it's been great. Nice. Yeah. So I've seen you doing it on, on um, over Zoom. Over Instagram Live. Oh, sorry, yeah. over Instagram. Oh, and Zoom. Yeah. I did do my Zoom first Zoom, yeah. Well, you know, before the lockdown, I was kind of modeling a few times a week. So that's definitely uh, hurt my ability to meet artists in their studio. So, yeah, some artists are know the figure enough to be able to get enough information from Zoom, which is incredible. Yeah. So it's, thank it's God great for the to see a, It's great to see the artist yeah. um, with his easel there. Yeah, and yeah. we can see him drawing the line. We, we can see the line that he's drawing of you, which is quite, it's quite fascinating because you don't normally see that. You, Absolutely. You know, yeah, so, yeah, so I've matched up with some of my favorite artists on Instagram Live and mainly um, for selfish reasons, because I just want to see how they, you know, create a picture. Um, and I know lots of people do too. So I need to do more of those. I mean, they're, I love, I love doing them. It's, it's generally the female form that you draw. Mm -hmm. Was that from drawing yourself and then going on to other models or? I think so. Uh, yeah, partially, but also, um, I've always had such a fascination with the power of the female form and the different uh, reactions that it can create, especially now being a model and sharing that part of me and seeing um, the varied reactions that that can create in people around you and what people assume that means about you or all these, there's so many layers to yeah. it. And, you know, the female form is such a, a powerful, primal, you know, it's the birther of life. There's so many layers to it. So I'm constantly fascinated by it. And especially now that I'm able to work with my own models, you know, their stories and their insecurities and their power, it's, will probably just never end on on my fascination with it. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got seven questions that I ask each artist. Okay. We've pretty much covered the first, but the first is, how would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? Mm, so even if we talk about your style here, as we've sure, just sure. ascertained what it is you do. Yeah, so I, I mainly do concentrate on the female form, um, but I also like to add abstraction and color because uh, for me, I kind of have two very extreme sides of my personality. One is a, a extreme perfectionist. Yeah. And I feel like if you're doing realism, you kind of need this, you know, OCD kind of feel to yeah. uh, your life. So I, I'll work several hours, days on a form and then there's another part of me that's just wants to mess it up. Put something on there that's just completely out of whatever. I'm not thinking about it too much. And um, especially after so many hours of being so particular on spending eight hours on an eyeball. You know, maybe not that long. But you just want to have fun and get back to that. Not that creating the figure isn't fun. It's great fun. But... So I love to mix those two because it, those two are just part of my personality. And I, I love to just have so many different things to look at um, on a piece of work. Things that are unfinished. Things that are, what's that little color there? What's that? So, yeah. Kind See, of I've seen you put up sketches mm -hmm. um, where it is a, a fine charcoal or pencil drawing. Mm -hmm. And then you add um, very textured brightly colored paint just mm -hmm. along the front of the form or 
you, you are just playing with the two mediums mm -hmm. and the viewer's eye as well. Mm-hmm, mm hmm Yeah, I mean, I love figure art. I love abstract art. So, and they're both equally as difficult. <laughs> you know, so many modern artists, people are like, oh, my five-year-old could do that. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, to make the abstract work is extremely difficult. I'm well Absolutely. aware of that. Absolutely. When was your first interest in art? Um, you know, I have these vivid memories of having this giant Da Vinci book when I was growing up as a kid. I had a very odd upbringing. I grew up in a house of 14 people wow. <laughs> at a minimum. So, um, I was always surrounded by all, my mom owned a preschool as well. So there were 26 kids like running around in our little school we had, which now turned into its own separate school. But so there was all this craziness, randomity around me all the time. But I just remember sitting with this book and being so entranced by it and just felt some, you know, odd connection with it. Yeah. Um, but I was in dance since I was three and I loved to perform. You know, I grew up in the 90s, so it was Britney Spears and the Spice Girls. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to... Okay, this is the first time I'm admitting this in public. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I idolized those performers. And so I was performing with my all my girlfriends, um, we even like had outfits and we would learn every dance. And so that was, I was always creating. I was always creating. I mean, I probably have a thousand home videos of like little movies I'd make yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I just love to, to create. And then, um, I was a musician for several years, you know, so then I found out that that wasn't cool, right? I went to high school <laughs> in Oakland and I was like, this is not cool. Okay. So what so, was you playing? What instrument? I played drums, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I played drums, and I sang lead in first a punk rock band and then an electro pop band. Nice. Back in the day when it was like skinny black jeans with like the white belt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, I started working in a music venue called 924 Gilman Street, uh, which is where like Rancid started and Op Ivy and Green Day started there. And they would even like come through when I was young wow. and under like different names. And um, so that sent me in a whole nother uh, path in my life, which was music. So I did that for several years and then I had to get a job. I had to make money. So all forms of art stopped for me. Yeah. Which then began many problems in my life, you know. I, I that creative outlet for me was so important because I had such a, a complicated mind that if I wasn't putting that energy out somewhere, it was going to come out negatively. Yeah, yeah. So I just had years and years of just like problems with mental illness and panic attacks and just not my life was not good at all yeah. I had so many issues with my appearance you know I'm very tall and thin and you know I was like living in Oakland and it just feeling like this is not a good thing to be and I have to be thick and I gotta be this and I gotta be that and you know uh so after years of that, um, it kind of consumed my life to the point where I was like having panic attacks almost daily. And at this time, <laughs> I was living in Las Vegas. Okay, I could, I have many stories. Okay. That's not the best place to go to find yourself, is it? No. I moved to Las Vegas when I was 22 with a guy I met one time. Excellent. So you, you could see this part of my personality is quite intense. But, uh, well, we've met now, so where are we going to go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anywhere that will accept us at this point. <laughs> yeah. you know? But uh, anyway, so it all came to a head. Everything. Yeah. And, and it resulted in this panic attacks. That was my, that was the, the 
effect and symptom of this cause, which was I wasn't creating anything and other things as well, of course. But and where are you with that now? So um, after that, I my godmother incredibly is a counselor for artists she has like a 10 bedroom house yeah in indiana and she's had some of the biggest artists in the world just come and stay and she just helps them through whatever they're going through so i actually moved there for a year and a half it's like in the cornfields in the middle of nowhere and in the midwest which is like coming from a city girl was quite a shock but hurricane country yeah yeah well not hurt there's fucking tornadoes which is way scarier shit if you haven't seen a lightning storm in the midwest you have not lived like i've heard oh my god i mean the rain goes sideways like sideways it's fucking crazy so um it's funny so i was there and just spent so much time working on myself and digging through these past issues and I mean, I haven't had a panic attack in eight years, so I'd say I'm pretty well through that. But uh, funny enough, I picked up a pencil while I was there and just started drawing just as a a form of creation, starting to create. And um, then I moved to L.A. a few years later and met an abstract painter. And she just she's one of these girls who like comes into your life and, you know, she's like your fairy godmother, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I just started messing around with some old paints she gave me and, and just really because of Instagram was able to have access to some so many incredible figurative artists and just taught myself through YouTube nice. and watching other artists and meeting them in person and that kind of set me on this this path. So, so are you the sort of person that obsessed, finds something and obsesses over it? Like with the drums, with the, with mm-hmm. the music? I'd say in the most successful points of my life, yes. But I went through so many years where I was just kind of doing this and kind of Just floating around looking for your thing. Yeah, exactly. Because nothing was really inspiring me. But um, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. So just obsessing over the drawing has got you to to the stage you are now. Yeah. I mean, my work ethic is not great. But I am very um, focused on, like, the right, like, I can find, like, what's the most important data I need from the sea of data that's going to help me get better, which um, is really important, you know, if you want to learn something fast. And Instagram was just kind of blowing up at this point. It was so easy to grow a follow, not easy, but it was much easier to grow a following. And uh, they weren't, like hiding all your posts because they're drawings of the human body and um meeting other artists following them and meeting them in person and yeah just set me has it helped you somewhat Mm -hmm. being an artist model do you think um definitely definitely i mean for me so much of how i get inspired is meeting other artists and talking with other creatives. That's one thing that's been really hard during this lockdown is having that separation, but you know, also finding different ways to get through it, like doing the Instagram lives and stuff. But definitely, I mean, artists need models and it is not easy. Like people think, why don't you draw this kind of model or this kind of model? Well, it's not that easy to to find models, (laughs) especially when you're starting out and you don't really have money and you know, it's, um, it's so important. So. And I do like the idea that people do think, oh, just sit in there for a couple of hours. That's easy. Oh my God. It's so hard. (laughs) The first time I did it, I I nearly cried. Yeah. Because I was posing an hour pose. You think, oh, an hour sitting down. Oh my God. If you choose the wrong pose, you're like shaking and sweating and that's why also I love to pose just for a singular artist. I haven't posed for any classes because I'm like, the amount of pressure of holding a pose in front of 30 <laughs> people. Oh my God, no way. Mind you saying that, I've seen some of the poses you do hold mm-hmm. and they are quite a task. Yeah, I always choose to put all my weight on my wrists, which I don't understand why I always choose that. But anything for that good form, man, I'll do it. 
I mean, I'm still sore from a few days ago. Oh, well. I've done it a few times for friends. Nice, Um, nice. And obviously I've just sat on a chair just looking at wherever they've told me to look. Right. Um, And the the last one I've done was for two hours. And even then, you, you do have to sort of get yourself into a sort of zone. A hundred percent. And just lose yourself. Absolutely. But what I found was, um, when the, at one point, the artist asked me to look at them in the eyes. That was obviously drawing <laughs> my eyes. Yes. So I, I didn't realise how self-conscious you can become Absolutely. just by looking in someone's eyes with no conversation. Because as we're talking now, we are looking at in each other's eyes, right. but we're being, you know, you're thinking about what I'm saying and I'm thinking right. about what I'm about to say. Right. But when you're just staring in each other's eyes, it is really fucking weird. I mean, not for him, because he was concentrating on, you know, the elements within my eye. Right. But I'm just looking at him, right. looking at me. <laughs> and it was just, I, I, had to, I had to avert my gaze right. a few times, you know, to sort of look at a pretend bird that flew right. by or something right. like that, you know. And also, like, I don't know, there must be something unnatural about it because your eye connection to your brain, like, you start to see all these weird, like, their eye starts to, like, move around. I'm like, am I, did I take, like, mushrooms somehow without knowing it? Like, you see all this weird shit. Yeah. But, yeah, as I say, I've seen some of the poses you, you sit. And, yeah, I I couldn't even sit watching telly for 20 minutes. (laughs) Let alone sit for a couple of hours. Look at these guns. Um, Look at these guns. So when did you realise you wanted to become an artist? Well, so, you know, I I went through this really rough period in my life. um, And then I knew that I wanted to create. So I was trying different things. And um, when I found this particular kind of art, just everything about it let me express um, all the parts of me that I had not been expressing. Yeah. So, first of all, the community is incredible. You know, I was always odd or different from all my other friends who were just like kind of normal. Life wasn't too hard for them. I just yeah. always had something crazy going on and I was yeah, like what's yeah. wrong with it <laughs> and and I wanted to do things that people might might think were like bad or whatever or I don't know and um artists are just like some of the most accepting and at least like some of my friends some of the most accepting and fun and you know especially having you know the body like issues that people have about themselves already, um, you know, if you're posing for an artist, you're super self-conscious and you think you're ugly. And the artist brings out this beautiful part of you that you don't normally see or says some compliment like, you hate your long torso, but they say, oh, Egon Shilo, like, would have loved you, you know? And you're just like, oh, yeah. my God, you know? <laughs> and and I find that working with models myself, you know, like, I work with mostly with models who don't model normally, and it's maybe their first time posing nude, and, like, a lot of times the first thing they'll say is something negative about themselves. Oh, just yeah. to let you know, you know, I'm, like, put on 10, and I'm just like, okay, okay. And a lot of my models have actually bought pieces that I've created of them. And to me, that's like, again, it's like all these different levels of, of my purpose. Um, it's, I've just found I can uh, fulfill them with doing this. Do you say that as well to the artists that you're sitting for? Do you tell them something? I try not to. I try to shut myself up. You know, I just did this photo shoot a couple days ago with this amazing photographer. And, you know, I, especially because I photograph myself, I know my poses and I know what's going to make me look not skinny and tall. You know, I know what's going to make me look like... But what's wrong with skinny and tall, though? Well, I mean, I was brutally teased, really, my whole life. Like, brutally teased. You know, like... You mean tall and skinny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall and slim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, I have all these women who are thinking 
they they would die to be skinny but they, it wasn't the group of people I was hanging around yeah. you know all my friends were like five three super curvy you know dark skin and I was like light skin I had freckles <laughs> like, I was like show, you know trying to hide this part of my arm with my freckles mm-hmm. on it and it's so interesting you just need to wait a few years. If there's something you don't like about your body, it will be popular in a few years. Like now yeah. every girl's drawing on freckles and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we all but have our... Are, well, that, none of that matters because they, they're just drawing the female form or the male form, whatever right. it may be. Right, exactly. Which piece that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection? Um... Hard question. Um, I think that there's a piece maybe called play that's of myself. And I think that, you know, I only did it maybe a year ago or less. And it was kind of the first time that I started with this kind of new style that I've been doing now for a while. And I was like, yes, like, Mm, I'm, I'm touching on it. You know, I feel like an artist's journey is like getting closer and closer to like actually being able to communicate what you're trying to communicate. Because yeah. like your hands won't do what they want and you have to like train them and then there's you're getting so much information. You want to say so many things and you're like, how do I do it? Um, so, you know, I'm sure like many artists I know create something and then 10 minutes later they're like I never want to see that again which I definitely have as well um but uh that was a piece where I sat down you know all the stars aligned I I modeled for it I created some sick shadows I'm all about shadows in that in that photo shoot and the emotion I had was great and um and I you know, I just did the piece without overthinking it, which is really creates the best work, I think, for myself. And, um, yeah, so, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You, you said you come here two years ago. Did Correct. you come to the area that you're in now? Yes. So, um, I live in Stoke Newington, so I came there, and... Um, I, you know, people utilize Instagram. Like, it is the best thing for me. I mean, I came to the city. I knew one person. I'd, I had never been to London before. Like, I was just, okay, here I am. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. A bit different from LA, right? Definitely. Definitely different, you know? Not having a car, being cold all the time, you know? LA is so much, like, there's always shit going on. There's, like, a party. There's this, that. I feel like London is much more, um, it can be quite lonely. Yeah. People are, like, on their path, and it takes a long time to get places, and it's kind of cold, and you don't, so it makes you not want to, like, go out as much. And people aren't as engaging as in LA, are they? Yes and no. Like, they're much more conservative, uh, on the surface, I found, but then the first week I was here, I'd just go in a shop and talk to the shop owner for like an hour. <laughs> and they were genuine, you know? Yeah. In LA, it's a lot of like, hi, uh, like, what do you do? Uh, who do you know? Oh my God, like, let's be friends, you know? And it's like, that can fuck you up bad, yeah. let yeah. me tell you. So. Yeah, the Brits aren't too forthcoming with that sort of attitude. We, we sort of. Mm. Not we see, see through, through it, but we that just isn't us. We just right. not like that. Are we? Everyone's different, aren't they? Right, absolutely. And it's a bit more like San Francisco. San Francisco's not so much of this all, all surface. It's much more like uh, cerebral kind of deeper yeah. kind of thing. And and uh, one of my first friends I met was Ben Ein. I just messaged him on Instagram and was like, let's go hang out. And he's like, okay. So, uh, we just became super good friends and we're such like good personalities together, like have tons of fun. And so that was cool. So yeah, I started meeting some artists and then I met my studio mate, um, Henrik Oldalen, 
who's a, a figurative painter as well, and I've been following him since like day one that I picked up a charcoal pencil. So nice. to, I was going to one of his art shows, and I was like, couldn't sleep the night before. I was so nervous. And my friend was to message me and said, "Hey, I'm with Henrik at a bar. Do you want to come meet us?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I met him, and we totally clicked. And now I share a studio with him. So nice. you never know, like what's gonna happen. What do you do to relax, Tiffany? What do I do to relax? Um, I'm a big bath person. If you watch my Instagram stories, there's a lot of baths going on. I love taking walks, which is, I mean, this past few months has been amazing. I walk an hour to my studio every day. So I walk two nice. hours a day back and forth. Um, I love going to museums, which I'm so excited to get back into. Maybe next month, we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where that's going really. It's hard one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I heard, um, what gallery? I'll have to send it to you. Some gallery is opening up next week. So we'll see. Maybe they'll only let a few people in at a time. But, you know, I feel like the general, uh, what people are focusing on right now is so not coronavirus. I mean, I forget about it at this point, to be honest, because of all the stuff that's going on in the States and, and here. And um, so, yeah, we'll see. What How do you feel with talking politics just for a moment? Sure. How do you feel with what's going on over there, being an American in the UK, thousands of miles away? Well, I grew up in San Francisco and then in Oakland and Berkeley. So um, I feel like I've been protesting since I was a first walking. <laughs> you know, yeah. my parents are hippies, so they're like always at every protest and... You know, uh, I remember the anti-war protests after September 11th and getting pushed uh, by 300 people behind me into a police officer with a baton, which was, you know, quite exciting. Um, so, like, I feel like something in the universe has given us this time to have full attention on an issue that needs to be confronted and needs to be yeah. handled. And it's just, it's not okay, you know, it's, it's horrible. I think what's, what's making it stronger globally right. is the fact that everyone has, most people have stayed in. Absolutely. Been solitary and away from other people for so long. Absolutely. And then this happens and they come out of that solitude right. and there's some form of togetherness. Absolutely. I think that gives you a... T not taken away from, exactly. from from the situation at all, exactly. but that gives it a bit more power globally as well, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, maybe it's good that we as a mass group can just focus on certain issues and actually get something done. Because yeah. if we just leave it to our government, like, fuck, fuck all, who knows what they're fucking doing? I don't know what yeah. they're doing, you know? But what they're doing is not directly creating result, results that are needed. So sometimes you just have to be loud and demand things. And I hope that, I hope that um, both, you know, the police force and the general public can ha like have a, a, some communication and have a yeah. conversation because 95% of all those people are really good people. And those small percentage of bad people, bad police officers are getting, you know, they, they, they need to be um, in that particular job. They need to have extreme consequences. And, you know, that guy, if his first offense where it was like he way overstepped, sorry, but... Maybe he should be gone then. Yeah, yeah. You have to be able to, with, and not to say anyone's perfect, but you have to be able to like withstand a lot and not go crazy. And yeah. Um, so, anyways, I think the fact that we're all communicating about something is good, and there's always going to be negatives about a small percentage of people what they're doing about it, but. 
that's our planet. So. Yeah. I mean, the system is able to change because right. we had a, I say a similar piece, police force in the, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. It, it wasn't as bad as, 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 you know, as what you see mm. over there. Mm. But it was, it was systemically racist. Wow. Um, and it, it's, we're not perfect, right. our, our police force, by any means. Right. But it's changed a hell of a lot since I was a, a teenager, you know. Right. And as an American coming here, there's just a different vibe. When I see your police officers, everything about them, from their car to the way they act to the way they, just their whole vibe is completely different. Like I'm so used to, in the US when we see a police officer having fear, yeah. like fear, you know, because, not because, uh, I don't know, it's just like, that that dynamic needs to change you know what i mean like yeah we should have some pressure to do things that are right and not you know m murder or rape or this or that but yeah, at the yeah. same time like there's just something off you know and it shows in our statistics of of uh, and, and the fact that cops don't have guns here is crazy i mean it's just <laughs> god <laughs> But it goes to show it works if you don't have them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Something, um, something's off. There's been a lot of art come out of, yeah. of both the, the lockdown mm -hmm. and the George Floyd situation. Yeah. Um, strong moments pull out the creativity in people, doesn't it? Absolutely. How do you see the, um, the art worlds in London compared to... The US, LA, for instance. Well, I think as I was leaving LA, LA was becoming like super hot for the art world. Like lots of artists were moving from New York and you know, there's some great galleries there. Um, I think that like the main difference is there's like oh, this party atmosphere more in, in LA. There's always like going out, partying, you know, um, Maybe also because I had so many, like I knew so many more people there, but um, it's a little bit more, not serious here, but maybe a little bit more professional. Focused? Focused, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, he, and that's really what it takes, you know, it's, it's difficult. You have to have so much focus as an artist to like wear all these different hats that you're supposed to wear. It's like completely overwhelming. Yeah. So, um, I find it nice to like be a bit more able to focus on what's important here rather than getting dressed up and going like, hi, let me meet you and you, <laughs> which is important too, but it's like, fuck, nothing. I don't know. Well, just before the, we were talking about coronavirus just now, just before the coronavirus hit, mm -hmm. um, Ben, I was also talking about, had his show up at Jealous, which I know you was in. Yeah, it, there was like 400 people there. It was fucking mad. We were thinking, oh, no one's going to show up. And um, yeah, it was, it was nuts, which was nice. It was like a last hurrah. I yeah. was just like kissing everyone, you know. Never, I don't know when the next time we'll do that again, but um, yeah, that was great. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, um, how the art world morphs from this and changes. You know, I feel like a few artists were kind of going, fuck galleries and like, I'm going to do this all myself. I have my Instagram, big following, and why do I need to like give that 50% or whatever? And, um, Maybe now it's moving more towards that. I don't know. Exactly. I saw that just after the the up show at Jealous, you've mm -hmm. done a, uh, an edition yourself yeah. by Jealous. Yeah, that was so cool because, you know, all I have just like thousands of tones, right? I'm using like charcoal, I'm using pencil, creating all these different tones which show up, uh, show the human form. So I'm thinking uh, like a one um, <laughs> screen print color, like, oh God, it's good. But, uh, you know, they're so professional there and it was so cool to just see my work in this more of a, um, just more of like a, yeah, just in a different way, 
and and uh, I definitely want to uh, work with them more in the future and do you can do so many different screens of like different shades of gray and and I got to just go in there and create different colors and it was awesome you know I I was so lucky to be pulled with with um Anthony Burrell and D face and Ben and and to do like this print edition and um but unfortunately it was like two days after the lockdown and I had it was a, the worst time. it was the worst let me tell you the amount of things I had canceled in March yeah. I needed to take a few weeks to like just recover from that but um but yeah so <laughs> I, I also had a little bit of a cough, so it was like, oh, I shouldn't go in because I was going to like go do my additions and do it live and people could come and do yeah. their own. So, yeah, yeah, I just kind of sat there and watched Ben do them. <laughs> Try not to cough because there'd be a big circle of people exactly. pushing you out the door. But I was just on Instagram live watching him do it from my living room, you know. Um, so, anyways. There was plenty of artists in, in that show. Yeah. Um, another question of mine is, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I know that there's certain artists from the past that if there's any of their works anywhere in the world, I'm like making it my life's mission to see it. And if I do see their work in person, it's like I can spend hours looking at it. Um, Egon Sheila is probably one of my favorite yeah. artists because uh, of the craziness and the amazing way he captures form in such uh, his own personal kind of style and the way he uses color and his whole everything about him. Uh, so him, Lucian Freud, I mean, oh. I saw a show of um, Francis Bacon and Lucian Freud at the Tate, I guess. Before oh, it doesn't get much better for me. Oh, my God. I brought, like, every person I know through that. I was like, you gotta come, you gotta go. So, I mean, just his paint, I've only just started picking up oil yesterday, so... <laughs> um, just his ability to ca capture the figure and just the intricacy of his strokes. I mean, you can just look this close to his paintings and just think, how the fuck does that, is that yeah. possible? So you say the intricacy of his brush strokes, but also it's the fucking simplicity of them as well. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. It's so annoying. You can get like a, the entire shadow and light from underneath the eye with one swoop of the brush. I know. I know. How the fuck? I know. There's certain people, I mean, even capturing, I don't know what this is called, philtrum, but just yeah. like the little different way somebody moves a brush and it's just like, fuck, fuck you, you're so good. And that is from doing it thousands of exactly. times, that same little one, that's exactly. amazing. Exactly, and those are, both of those guys, I would love to have modeled for and just have, sit down and have a conversation with them. You know, I know like Kate Moss towards the end of, Lucian Freud's life was kind of amused. So I like look at the pictures of her modeling in his studio and I'm just like, oh, I wish that was me. Um, but uh, I love Cecily Brown. It's more yeah. of like a modern female artist. I mean, her work as well. It's just like, I don't know what, what it is about it, but it's just crazy. There's so much going on. There's like people fucking in that what is that what's happening you know it's just it's so great so rich so beautiful um let's see do you know you probably know helen beard yeah yeah, yeah i don't know there's something about her stuff that's just like so wonderful to me it's not even just like the subject matter it's just like, it like it's back to basics doesn't it it's so it's back to basics color and but it's done so perfectly. And people are right. like, oh, it's like you. Not, I mean, she's obviously a huge artist, so only a small percentage of people are saying that. But it's like, no, it's not that easy to create that perfect, I don't know, the perfect composition, I guess. Yeah. 
No. Yeah. yeah, and then maybe Jenny Seville, of course, because she's I a badass. That was, as soon as anyone says Lucian Freud, yeah. she yeah. pops to mind anyway. Yeah, I mean, her as well. I mean, seeing her her paintings of heads and faces in, in person, you're just like, God damn it. She's so good. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. If you wasn't an artist, Tiffany, what would you like to be? Um... I probably would like to be a dancer, um, mainly because it's what I did a lot of my life, and I love to create with my body, which I guess I am doing now as well, but um, I'm kind of a bit of a ham, like I'm a bit of like a, like love to make people laugh and create something for people, and so... Yeah, I'd love to like be one of Beyonce's dancers. That'd be great. Did you do dance lessons? Yeah, yeah. Most of my life, yeah. Uh, I started in ballet since I was three and did that for, I don't know, 10 years maybe. Well, I was hoping you was going to say ballet because that, when, I, when I sent you that little message yesterday, uh-huh. when, you was, when you was leant forward with your, presumably your left leg going back mm-hmm. and that, and that fucking perfect line <laughs> from your ankle right up to your, to your chest bone. Yeah. That was quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, you know, you really, like, that really teaches you to really, like, use your whole, from the tip of your fingers to the tip of your toes. When you're posing, it's like every part of it creates something and, and creates some sort of communication. So... I think that's definitely helped me a lot. The photographer mentioned that as well. Like, hmm, like, where did you dance before? I'm like, yeah. So, um, yeah. And do you still dance now? I do in my knickers in front of the mirror <laughs> with my hairbrush. Yeah. No, I have like, this is, so, I mean, my studio mate usually works during the morning and then I'm here like late into the night and I have like, I create my own little like party here. I have like a light that has different colors. And I have nice, this. that's good. Yeah, I need to start going out dancing more. I go like once a year and go out all night in London, but I need to start. That won't be happening for a little while, will it? Oh god, I did go right before the lockdown, like right before we even knew what coronavirus was going to be a thing here. So, but still, yeah, I know. Sad to Talking think about. Talking of coronavirus, it does get in the way of, of artists showing their work. Yeah. Have you got anything at all coming up at the moment? Well, since all my hopes and dreams and were basically dashed in March, um, things have definitely been put off. But um, for me, like, I'm really taking this time to, like, create a nice body of work. Um, I did, luckily kind of get to a point in the past year where as I was creating it, it would just go you know I would just sell it myself yeah. on Instagram or through a gallery or whatever so um, I don't have any work <laughs> here so you know when um, curators or whatever want to come and see my work it's like well I don't have anything but so uh, yeah I'm really focusing now on just creating some things I love and experimenting now I'm getting into oil and doing some stuff on panel um but yeah just if you keep a look at my instagram i'm sure as the world starts to get back to life some form of normality yeah and for anyone listening what is your instagram it's just tiffany cole my name t-i-f-f-a-n-y-c-o-l-e and your website is that the same um, no, somebody wanted to charge me like $10,000 for TiffanyCole.com, so it's like oh, TiffanyColeArts.com. Got ya. Yeah. yeah. it's a good way around that. And don't Google my name because there's also a, a the youngest uh, woman on death row who buried two people alive is named Tiffany Cole. And her, my Instagram is actually linked to her Wikipedia page. So. <laughs> oh, shit. it's not me i swear to god <laughs> so you say but like that will be the sign of like if i ever get truly famous enough to overtake her her google in google uh 
So yeah, it's a goal of mine. It's interesting. It's definitely a yin and yang going on, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> For sure. Tip me, that's all my questions asked. Okay, cool. Thank you very much for your time. Of course, it's been lovely. It's so nice to speak to another human being. <laughs> what a concept. And if you'd like to pop your clothes back on now, we can... Uh, exactly. We can... <laughs> People all, like the amount of messages I get per day. Do you ever wear clothes? I'm like, yes, I always wear clothes. I just don't like clothes in photos. Like, it's like, here's my clothes. Anyway, so... Certainly, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll speak soon and finally meet in person. Oh, after yes, after all this mess. All the best, you. Keep safe. Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.